0: Welcome to the Ingrained and Balanced Podcast, a place where busy adults can find the knowledge and inspiration to get back on track to living a healthier, well-balanced lifestyle. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ingrained and Balanced Podcast. We have another great interview lined up today. Uh, We're going to be talking about food, junk food, when's a good time to work out, how do you get started, all that good stuff. Uh, A little bit about our guest. His name is Tim Liu. He's an online fitness and nutrition coach who helps busy men and women lose fat and build muscle without having to live in the gym or give up some of their favorite foods. Tim teaches them sustainable habits that people can maintain for life so they don't lose weight and end up regaining it. Can't wait to dive into this. Um, I know uh, I've got some interesting questions for him. So without any further ado, Let's get into it.
1: Hey, Tim, how are you today? I'm doing well. Lonnie, yourself?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Got my co host, Marty, here. Um, hey, Tim. You hey,
1: Thank hey, you, Marty, for
0: joining us. I know you got a crazy schedule, so we really appreciate you taking the time. And before we jump into it, I'm going to ask you something because this podcast is all about daily habits, right? And we usually start off with um, learning something maybe you do differently. I don't know. But what do you practice every day? Um, to get your day started on the right track. What did you knock out this morning?
1: Well, uh, to start my day, I had a high-protein breakfast and two cups of coffee. Wait, what does that mean? What does a protein uh, breakfast
0: mean? What, <laughs> what do you, what do you, how do you get your protein?
1: So I had four eggs uh, and a chicken sausage and two cups of coffee and a slice of sourdough toast because I do like my sourdough bread.
0: Nice. You know, it's funny. I've been eating four eggs. I used to eat six, three eggs or three whites with three yolks. Now I'm down, I do four. Two full with the yolk and two whites. Um, so I like that. And
2: I do two cups of coffee, very similar. Uh Marty, what are you doing lately for your morning breakfast, real quick? Yeah, so I vary the morning breakfast. So if I'm really good, then I will have uh soaked oats with protein powder and unsweetened coconut. In there. So try to get some fats, try to get some, uh, some, you know, some more complex carbs, uh, and also getting the protein from protein powder. So that's if I'm really good and I've pre prepared, right? Because you got to leave that out. And worst case scenario, I'm Costco uh, power bars. Uh. Costco. <laughs> <laughs> well, even throughout the store, you got them. All right. Well, oh, wow. actually, they're really, really good. Like I, I've, tried lots of power bars and high protein bars and i i look at lots of labels and most have a pretty high added sugar value and the costco power bars have almost no added sugar they taste good and they're pretty inexpensive it's like 20 bucks for 24 bars
1: wow yeah. that's yeah, the that, yeah. Kirkland brand.
2: Bar? Yeah. That's the Kirkland brand. So that's wow. And yeah, that's, that's like, and I think there's like 20 something grams in each, each power bar. So that is my go to if I am not being good. Like that's my, that's my, that's my backup.
1: Right? That's pretty solid, so, actually, yeah. for not being good. You know, right. I, right. Right. I, <laughs> I, I kind
2: of had that guilt shame right before you said
0: Costco. <laughs> uh, uh, Tim, before we, you know, we'll get into diet and stuff later, but what's your quick take on like protein bars and things of like that? Do you think that's okay? Do you tell people to carry them in their bag if they need a quick protein source?
1: Yeah, I think it's good to hold you over and more of a, an emergency backup. Ideally, we want to eat whole foods, but if you're on the go, you don't have time to, you know, eat something prepared like eggs or even like a Greek yogurt. I think a protein bar is fine. Most of it, most of them are usually like what, 200 calories, give or take. And as long as you get a good one without a lot of extra sugars or processed junk in the ingredients list, I think it's fine.
0: Well, good. Now that we got our, our, our start to the day out of the way, Tim, <laughs> tell us a little bit about what got you on your path to becoming a fitness trainer, I think, on your website. I know it says you were overweight as a child. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So it all stems from you know my childhood. So when I was nine, my mom, she had stomach cancer. And then when she passed, you know, I grew up overweight as a kid and going into high school, I wasn't the healthiest. Um, even though we grew up in a household where, you know, my dad cooked a lot of healthy dishes and my sister also did the same. I still ate junk food. Uh, I still drank soda. Um, as a nineties kid, that was a lot of the stuff that we had available to us, a lot of sugary things. So growing up overweight. I knew that there was a link between what we ate, what we drank, and how we felt. And I didn't want to be unhealthy anymore. In high school, I was like this over <laughs> overweight speech and debate nerd. My first high school girlfriend dumped me. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Going into college, what did I want to do? Like, you know, I'm going to get myself in better shape. I'm going to turn my life around. I want to end up. Helping other people, so you know I don't have health issues like my mom did, and maybe help other people stay away from that life path, so in college, I lost the weight. I studied nutrition um, I realized I didn't want to work as a typical dietitian because when I interned under one, I worked in a hospital setting. The career path at the time uh was either doing medical nutrition therapy, helping Dallas's patients, doing food service. And I wanted to work with relatively healthier people so they don't end up there where I don't have as much change, where you're under the mercy of doctors and nurses and you can't have as much freedom to help these patients. So I got certified as a trainer uh, when I was in college, decided to work as a trainer when I graduated, integrating my nutrition skills and uh, worked as an in-person personal trainer for a couple of years and just transitioned to online coaching um, towards like the mid 2010s and went all in after the lockdowns happened and just migrated everybody online, And that's what I do full time now.
2: So, so Tim, I just want to make sure that I, because when I take this in, I always try, you know, I I was processing sort of what you're saying and and all the stuff. I want to make sure that I understood correctly. So what we're saying is, Hey, when, when you were younger, you didn't have the best nutrition, uh, you know, habits. And because of that, you, you weren't, feeling that great you weren't that healthy you were overweight then you got into high school and uh you got dumped by your girlfriend and then you decided you wanted to get healthy is that right
1: everybody needs that trigger you know uh 100 (laughs) and you know what i i you know
2: yours is a very common trigger i think it's an extremely common trigger so i just wanted to you know, I want it to be like, hey, it's okay to have that trigger. Like that's, that's a perfectly, that's a perfectly valid. That's an awesome trigger. There is nothing wrong with that trigger. That's a, the, I, I, in my personal opinion, the most common trigger. And then it leads you to being, hey, wait a second. Like I feel better. Like this is like, and then the opposite, sec, what somebody else thinks becomes less important over time. And you're like, oh, I just love this. But it starts out from maybe that trigger <laughs>
1: yeah yeah basically <laughs> yeah especially for young
2: young boys you know absolutely 100 percent. all right i just wanted to make sure i had that right <laughs> and then whatever that that
0: transition is later in life because we've talked about this many times um what is that catalyst and i think it's it's either how oh, your body is no longer reacting to certain situations whether it's stress Sports and injury or whatever. And unfortunately, people don't start working out till they have to work out. Right. That's so it's, it's, I have to imagine for a trainer, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, when people come to you and, and they find themselves overweight, maybe they used to work out or maybe they've never worked out. I always find it interesting how people that do online training how they go through that process of finding out what that person's needs are going to be, because everybody's needs are different, right? In their process. So what does that look like when somebody reaches out to you? How do you define their pain points and what they need help with?
1: So when they reach out, they usually fill out an application on my website. So they go through the questionnaires. And then when we schedule our call, I dive a little deeper. So we figure out what their history of exercise is, what have their habits been in terms of their eating, what are their current fitness goals and where they're at. So let's just say I signed up a guy who is maybe in his mid to late 40s. You know, he's got a wife, he's got a you know kid or two. He's been out of shape for, God knows, like 10 years. He's got that, uh, you know, ex-athlete mentality if he was an athlete or he feels like he can still Exercise like if he was in his late teens to twenties, so the biggest part is making sure that one we don't get him burnt out because he's got a lot of responsibilities and two keep him pain free and injury free so he can maintain and build habits so he doesn't doesn't quit because a lot of people especially as they get older, they start strong with motivation and then once you know they're not as consistent or one little thing happens to them, they just say, screw it, and they and quitting. And then they wait a while, then they start back up again. So the goal is to not let them fall off the bandwagon and to make sure they can sustain a healthy lifestyle once we ingrain good habits for them to start adopting into their lifestyle.
2: You brought up an interesting word. And, and this is, Lonnie and I, I think we are, a, you know, there's a couple of places where, where we have different. Thoughts or feelings on, on on things, and and you brought up a word where I think Lonnie and I have somewhat different. I mean, we both understand, but the difference between motivation and discipline, right? So when people often come into a trainer, you know, they want, hey, I'm going to do this. They they're super motivated. They're you know, motivation can be great if you have motivation. That's that's wonderful. But you know, to, to your point, motivation can be fleeting, right? And it ebbs and flows, right? So I love discipline and motivation and discipline are, are, I think there's a relation to them, but they're not the same. And so how do you convert motivation, which I think of as being much more temporary, to discipline, which I think of as being much more uh permanent? Because to my way of thinking, you're much better off if you develop the discipline of, hey, this is... I I am going to do this. I'm not going to allow myself to not do this. This is the way I'm going to live my life. Rather than, hey, I want to get, you know, a beach body for the summer or something of that nature.
1: I see motivation as just getting your foot in the door. So I want to, I, I like the fact that you're motivated and you want to get after your goals, which is great. So once we, you know, we schedule our call, we do our assessment, we figure out what is sustainable for them. like. A lot of guys or or girls will say, hey, how many times a week can you realistically work out? They'll like, oh, I could work out every day if I wanted to. I'm like, sure, you could do it, but can you maintain it long-term? So we look at their day-to-day life and I tell them, listen, I like the fact that you want to work out every day, but let's just start with three times a week. That way we just make it something that you could do consistently long-term so you don't feel like If you miss the session, you don't feel like you have to play catch up and then you say, Oh, this is too overwhelming. I don't want to do it anymore. So we ingrained the discipline by mapping out what they could realistically maintain. And we just plug it into their calendar so they don't miss. And then eventually that becomes discipline and a habit that they could just, it becomes autopilot for them. So they don't fall off track and say, screw it. That's the, that's the biggest thing. It's kind of guiding that motivational energy that they have into a state where they could just go on autopilot and maintain it.
2: You like to start off with sort of more limited goals and more limited, but as something that is sustainable. And then, hey, after six months or a year, if you're saying, this is now in my, you know, this is this is habit now, but I feel like I'm getting bored or something of that nature, then maybe you can turn up the dial a little bit right so i mean because for some people 3 days a week might be enough if they're working out you know an hour you know per per session for other people if you're just going to work out 20 minutes per session maybe you need more than 3 times a week right so it's it's a you know it's a um it's a mathematical model right so it's it's time and intensity right well the other variable is
0: what are they eating too, right? Could have a large effect to that. They might be able, like you said, get away with three days a week or two days a week if they're really eating good or they're changing those habits.
2: Well, depending um, on depending on what their goals are, right? So if your goal is to maintain a body weight, you don't have to work out that much. If you're very rigorous on your diet and you take walks in the morning, that alone may be enough, right? I mean, that's that that could keep somebody in decent health. But if you want to have athletic functionality, no, that's not gonna, you know, then you need to work out, right? I mean you wanna have wanna maintain you wanna build or maintain muscle, you need to work out and you need to work out, you know, at least three times a week, I would think.
1: Yep, totally, minimum. Uh, you know, all of this is case by case basis. So, you know, I tailor towards where they're at. I like setting short-term goals because that can also be motivating by having these small little milestones. So if you got a guy who's like, 210 pounds, the first short term goal is to get them to 200, then sub 200, like 190. That way, having these smaller, achievable goals keeps them on track. Whereas if you set like a major fat loss goal at the same time or at that initial console, like, hey, I want to lose 40 pounds in like six months, I'm like, okay, I mean, it's doable, but let's break it down so it seems less overwhelming and we can keep you on that nice, consistent path.
0: Outside of what a you know prescribed workout regimen look like because we don't know what their issues are. I'm sure, is there a general template of habits that you prescribe for everybody? Like we were talking about, maybe in the morning, or is there certain things they should do in regards to daily walks or um, you know meditating, breath work? Is there a general template for everybody when it comes to habits?
1: Uh, two major habits, uh, getting enough protein with each meal and getting in daily walks. You know, walking is very underrated for calorie burn and just to increase your metabolic rate. A lot of people, you know, because of what they do, they're sitting at a desk all day. You know, even if you do get in your workouts, if you're sitting for seven plus hours, you're still considered sanitary. So eating enough protein to, you know, keep them feel full longer and Getting in walks so then they're more active. That usually is enough to move the ne- needle initially. And then we build on other habits on top of it once they've got that consistency going.
0: What do you think is one of the biggest detriments to lifestyle that people need to address right away to, you know, so they're not putting on fat?
1: Walking, of course. And uh, it doesn't matter what pace you're working at, as long as you had a certain step count. If you're getting like 3000 steps on average right now, bumping up to five to seven, then hitting 10 would be awesome. Uh, doing a lot of strength training exercises where we're reversing that, you know, hunch forward posture from whether staring at your phone, tablet, laptop, whatever, and just strengthening your upper back. That's going to be huge. Uh, you know, hamstrings, glutes to prevent lower back pain, get your core stronger. That's what I would say would be the biggest physical changes you need to make for exercise changes to reverse that.
2: So what I heard you just say there was, hey, uh it doesn't really matter all that much in terms of your, let's say, first level health. You know, let let's not talk about like, you know, if you want to run a marathon or something, but it doesn't matter that much the pace at which you're walking or that you're walking. So uh if you're getting in, let's say you know, I know a lot of people go for ten thousand steps now, which is, you know, depending on what your what your lifestyle is or how much time you have or all those kind of things, uh, you know, maybe it's very achievable or maybe it's it, it's difficult. But you don't necessarily care that much if that's walking, fast walking, jogging, running. It doesn't. You're you're basically like, hey, look, just get the movement in. Is that right?
1: Yeah. I don't care how how you do it, as long as you get it done. Then once it becomes a habit, we can play with, you know, whether it's like an inclined treadmill walk or doing like, you know, a, a small jog, you know, just building that base first. Because a lot of guys or girls they think, oh, I've been worked out in a while. I'm gonna just gonna start running. It's been it's worked out for me. Then they gas out, you know, half a mile in, and they're running with bad form. It's like, what are we doing, you know? Yeah.
2: Or to get shin splints right away.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: I know neither of us are runners, Marty or, yeah. or myself, but I am Not anymore.
2: Yeah. I'm <laughs> constantly, I've never in high school, been. school, I, I mean, was a great runner. I ran track. I, I ran hurdles, all that kind of stuff. As I get older, like, I just don't, to me, the the the, the benefit in terms of cardiovascular and that feeling, those endorphins are not worth the pain and distress. That I feel like on my joints and you know different people, different bodies, but that's just my way of dealing with it it's just it's not worth it for me anymore. you know it was back then it's not right now, yeah, totally that's with
0: everybody. Where are you in life? How old are you? Do you have any nagging injuries? What are you suffering but the the main message here is movement, just making sure you're getting active in the morning, during the day. I know I try to get out and do a little walk if it's the bare minimum. I get my workouts first thing in the morning, like six o'clock. But after sitting and I work from home and and sitting at the computer all day, I make sure I I get out towards the end of the day to loosen up, get a little exercise, get some fresh air, especially when I can, when the weather calls for it. You know, with all this said, what do you think is the most common problem? People that are coming to you today, is there one Thing that stands out the most that people are suffering from right now—they're
1: eating too much. <laughs> just eating too many calories, or eating the
0: wrong kind of food, or both. Both. both well, yeah. one,
1: uh, many people don't know what a legit portion size looks like. They don't know what a cup of rice looks like. They don't know what three to four ounces of lean protein looks like. They don't know what a tablespoon of cooking oil is. They eyeball everything and just—and they wonder, like, how come I'm not? I'm not losing weight. I eat healthy. I don't think I eat that much. I'm like, compared to what? Like, do you know what serving sizes look like? Um, And also, depending on what region they live in, you know, the cuisine or food uh, choices have available. So their perception of what healthy is or isn't may be different than what we perceive it to be. So food education, knowing what to eat, how much to eat, that's the biggest thing. A lot of my clients have never tracked their food before. So when we do the initial consult, uh, we go over like a diet breakdown. I give them all the materials, and then they start tracking their food for a week. They're it's very eye opening. They're like, "Wow, I eat way more." Like I, I thought I only ate fifteen hundred calories, when in reality it's like twenty two, twenty five hundred. So, that's the biggest thing I've noticed with a lot of clients. I yeah,
0: I'll bet that's that's such an interesting take um, because. Percentage of our listeners, the reason why they tune in to our show and other shows like it are, you know, they usually, they, they say they don't have access, right, to eating healthy. And they, that's their excuse anyways. They don't have access to get the right types of food or access the right type of gym or then, then it's the time thing. I don't have the time to do it or yada, yada, yada. So I find that interesting. Um, that's something we, don't, we haven't gotten into much, Marty, is how people educate themselves on portion size.
2: As you were talking about that, Tim, in my head, my head was sort of spinning. And I'm thinking like, I was thinking of like order of priority, right? So somebody comes into you and let's say I have really, I know that I have bad habits. I, I have, I eat fast food, um, you know, like three or four times a week for either lunch or dinner. You know, I, I like ice cream and every once in a while I have, you know, some, some, some cake or something like that. And, you know, I'm not afraid of some beer and wine. And I'm probably, let's say I'm, I'm, you know, 5'10 and, and, you know, I know that I'm, you know, let's say, uh, 25, 30 pounds over, you know, an ideal weight. And I don't have the best muscle tone. He's never and- shared this much with us, Tim. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my, my eyes, I'm going, what? what?
2: <laughs> We're learning a lot today. This, I, is yeah, this is a hypothetical. This is a hypothetical. But I also okay. know how so, hard you work out. So I'm it, not going to blame Yeah. These are not my eating habits. But <laughs> I'm just saying, like, so you, so somebody comes in and they have, there's a lot of things wrong with, you know, as you're listening to them. You, you, it, so you can tell from that, okay, he's, he's not, you know, fast food in general, not the best. Right. So we're assuming that uh, some of that is going to be fried. There's going to be a lot of low quality, uh, simple carbohydrates. There's not going to be a lot of lean protein in that. Um, there may be some fried food. There's almost certainly sugar in that. Certainly, like lots of sodium. We know that he, you know, it has lots of sugar, also maybe some alcohol, all that kind of stuff. What is your order of priority? You know that he's eating badly and you know he's eating too much. What do you attack first?
1: We go after the lowest hanging fruit, uh, changes that they can make without too much resistance. So let's just say they're eating at fast food three, four times a week. We either cut down the frequency of the amount that they're, they're eating, or if they're stuck eating fast food because they're on the go, they're, they're busy. We just have them order healthier choices. uh, Let's just say Chick-fil-A as an instant, uh, as an example, I had a client who goes to Chick-fil-A and ask him what he gets. He usually eats like the fried chicken sandwich. I'm like, okay, instead of eating the fried chicken sandwich, we either do the grilled chicken sandwich or we do grilled nuggets. Or we get like the salad with the dressing on the side, you know like little swaps like that, you know it it goes a long way. We shave off an extra two three hundred calories right there over the course of a week, you're cutting like another fifteen hundred calories give or take uh on top of any other small tweaks we make, so that's enough to move the needle like a pound or so, depending on all the other stuff as well
2: okay yeah. so out of out of so when when you when I talked about fast food your first your first mind thought, hey all right, he's probably, I'm probably not going to be able to get him to, to stop going to the fast food because, you know, for, for whatever reason, that's a habit now. So let me make a change within that habit, right? So let me get him because that might be easier, right? And then maybe I'll attack the, you know, the ice cream or something like that afterwards. Once we've gotten him feeling better, once we've gotten him to understand the power of the small change that he already made, he's proud of himself, he knows he can do it let's now make another change, right?
1: Yeah, just building the confidence and just rewiring those habits into something new is going to be huge. Once they see and feel the benefits, they're going to want to make even more change.
0: That's perfect because that's what we preach on I mean, Green and Balance Podcast is little incremental things you can change that will eventually start making a difference, but you have to start, right? And And we always don't worry about the goal, the finish line. We always say, just start, get going on the starting line. And these little habits, I really like that. Instead of fried, eat grilled, you know, or maybe instead of a grilled chicken sandwich, you need chicken salad, right? <laughs> <If you're laughs> using a thousand island dressing, use an oil vinaigrette instead, you know, little, little things like that make a huge difference. Now, do you have, uh, with your platform, is there a, an app or people that can use to monitor their their spending, not spending habits, but the their grocery list, or does it get that in depth?
1: Uh, I send them a, a nutrition ebook that I created, and then some recipe books that come with a grocery shopping list. So it gives them idea for meals, food swaps that they can make, and then we have them track their food on an app like MyFitnessPal pal or lose it. And then when we do our weekly check-ins, I go over the food and we can see what's going on and make those adjustments.
0: Well, cool. and what if it's a really busy person? Do you work with one of these third party food prep delivery companies? I know there's some that come in your house and put it in your fridge so when you get home it's ready to go. Do you work with anybody like that?
1: Yeah. So a couple of clients that you know, they're busy, they don't have time to cook, whatever. So we figure out what meal prep delivery service they're they're using. And we just pick out the healthy options. So there's no there's not a lot of uh heavy lifting involved, uh we just keep it real simple. So I yeah. think those are
0: great options. Well, one, you have to be able to afford it, um, but there's some that out there we're, we're in Chicago major market. there's a ton of these types of companies that are pretty affordable and they do good stuff. Um, but that's an issue. you know, if you live way out in a rural area and you don't have access to that, you've got to be a little bit more diligent on you know getting your your products and meal prepping in the week, or else again, you're going to make excuses not to do it.
2: But to some extent, the farther up you get from the city, sometimes the easier it is to get whole foods, right? The healthier, to get better right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it depends. <laughs> I mean, to the produce. Th- yeah, farm, there, right? there are some places where it's tough to get, you know, to, no matter what, you're, you're sort of out there. But But yeah, I mean, you're, you know, to the extent you're in a city, you're inundated with fast food options, right? To the extent that you're a little bit farther out, maybe that's not quite as convenient and maybe it's easier to get whole foods. I mean, you know, to Tim's point, you want to get as much as possible those whole foods that's that's a you know it's a big deal i mean i love you know talk another costco i'm going to plug costco again <laughs> <laughs> My my go to my go to i have a fiance now and she's pushing me to get seven vegetables every day like it's not that seven vegetables wow. seven different v- vegetables every day and that it's not easy it's not easy to no, do that. that's not easy
1: no that's a lot no. and i think and that's it's... pretty
2: good it's seven <laughs> If but if I go to uh Costco and I get they have pep pre prepped meals, if you ever seen those. And one of them is uh they have a quinoa salad, which is basically quinoa and a bunch of vegetables. I think there's probably six or seven. They've got peppers, they've got broccoli, they've got cauliflower, they've got you know, they've got a bunch of different vegetables. And I'm like, here we go. I've got I've got my protein, I've got so to the extent you can, you know, put some of those things in there that because I am, I'm just not. I'm too lazy. I'm too lazy to to do all the prep work myself, and I'm too cheap to actually go to like a meal prep company, like and have them. Right. I'm learning so <laughs> much by <laughs> wow. like, You know, legit here for 10, No, for 10. It. no I'm, yeah. I'm the same way. For, yeah. for ten for ten bucks, yeah. I go to Costco or nine or whatever. <laughs> it's like that's basically four meals worth of my protein. And vegetables in a quinoa, and I, you know, I actually like quinoa, so it works for me. So anyway, you know, hey, talk about veggies. I
0: read somewhere this weekend um, three different types of fruit you should be having daily. Tim, have you anything about that? Types of fruit?
1: Three types of fruit? fruit I don't daily. think so. Not, not
0: quantities, <laughs> not you know. But I'm like, wow, now you're telling me I got to eat seven veggies. Three <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's marketing. It's marketing. I don't think it's necessary. Uh, I mean, yeah. I personally just eat maybe like three cups of veggies a day. Uh, I know you should. You should rotate your vegetables to get other nutrients that you're missing. Like if you're constantly eating broccoli all the time, you know, have some asparagus or have some Brussels sprouts, peppers, whatever. But I think it's a little, it's a little much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to tell my fiance that. But, but uh, uh,
0: <laughs> my my listeners know this. Marty knows this. A Few years ago, I'm not even gonna get into it. But I I tried to eat less meat. I uh, I'm eating more plants lately. But my rule of thumb, and I've saw this in different articles I've read and documentaries. But as long as your plate, every plate, every entree is is as colorful as possible. If it's got multi colors, it means you're getting different veggies. That's about as strict as I want to get. I just want again habits, little things. So. I don't have to focus too much on am I getting enough of this or enough of that. The habits are just little things like that. As long as I look at my plate and there's some red, some yellow, some green, I'm good. Those are in, in every meal. I'm I'm just used to it now because when I go grocery shopping, I same thing. When I'm shopping, I make sure to get as many different colors of vegetables as possible. So I'm not getting this. I'm not eating broccoli all the time. It could be broccoli and then you know whatever zucchini one time and you know whatever. Um, I'll change it up as much as possible. Although
1: I
2: hear a rumor that you eat a lot
0: of broccoli.
1: Is that right? Is that right, Lonnie? To, I
0: Tim, I, Tim, I used to eat chicken and broccoli probably tw- at least five days a week, if not once a day, twice a day, and for years. And I was not to whatever. I was ripped. I was in my phone, I was doing great. But then, you know, I started experiencing different things and I thought it was unfair because I thought I was living this strict lifestyle and I quickly learned. I was eating too much meat, and I wasn't getting enough variance in my uh, nutrients. and that's when I started researching more on plant-based foods, which is why I made that conscious decision to try it and loved it for two years. and then quick. then, just a few months ago, I started incorporating a little more meat into my diet. So I'm, I'm like on an 80 80-20, 80-20 rule right now, 80 percent, you know, at home, I'm very strict, but uh, on the weekends, when I go out with my wife, I like to enjoy myself. I have a nice big fat, red juicy steak. With a glass of wine, you know what I mean. I'm I'm eating some eggs in the morning, like I said, but I don't cook chicken breast at home. I don't cook any red meat at home. Um, I eat fish, but th- that's just what's working for me. You know, I don't preach to people they they need to go plant based because people their needs are different. You know what they need in their life. But
2: I love well, talking it, to it people takes, like it you. It takes work. It takes work to go plant based and to do it right. You need to, yeah. you know, it, it, you have to do some research. You have to you have to pre plan things. I mean, it's that's a. It's a lot of to do that and still get the protein that you that we need, especially for a guy. You know that you you have to you have to be at a little bit of an advanced level. I think I I worry about some of the you know some people who who go into that and like oh I'm just going to go plant all right well that's cool but if you want to do that in a healthy way like you you need to do do it. There's an education process that needs to happen there.
0: Yeah, I researched. I mean, for like two months before I even attempted it, and I gave myself thirty days. And they, they say everything and all my research said it takes two to three weeks before you start noticing the benefits of it. And it was literally the two-week mark for me. It was like a light switch went off and the brain fog, inflammation, you name it. I just felt a oh, hundred times better. Uh, but anyways, we, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. We've talked about it a lot. Um, but well, Tim, listen, before we start wrapping it up, how about the end of the day? What are some of the habits like you do personally to wind down before you go to bed to make sure you get a good, cause we we preach sleep hygiene a lot on this to make sure you sleep well. Is there anything you you practice to make sure you sleep well at night?
1: Yeah, totally. So I stopped staring at my screen, you know, a half hour to an hour before bed. I take a couple of supplements before going to sleep too, just to improve my sleep quality. Um, wow,
0: what are those? Can you tell us a little I'll, bit more about that?
1: Yeah, totally, I like magnesium. Uh, magnesium's great. A lot of us are deficient in it. It helps you relax you. And it carries over to a bunch of other cellular processes that help your general health. Uh, I like theanine as well. And I like uh, glycine powder. Um, all of those help relax the body and improve sleep quality. You might get some funky dreams, just a, as an FYI, but, it, but it's, uh, it's very good. You, you know, that's one of
0: the s- side effects of, going, of plant-based is some of the nutrients that you're deficient in that affect sleep. And it's one of the things that eventually started affecting me. But uh, I'm constantly trying, looking to try some some different things. So, um, so I've those supplements,
2: those... those supplements were magnesium, say, say, can you Salmonium?
1: repeat that, it... uh, a thianine, L and glycine, Al-theanine. glycine powder.
2: Okay, what is althianine? Where where is where did that? What what does that do? Al-theanine. Where did that come from?
1: Yeah, uh, it's a, it's just an, an, another amino acid, it helps with calming the nervous system and improving your sleep quality. Yeah, I just take it as like a separate like capsule with magnesium and glycine. I get it in a powder form. You can mix it in water. You can take a spoonful of it It as a a bit of a sweet taste. So it's very digestible.
0: I like that. I like that. Well, I'm going to do some research and to the listeners out there, obviously we're going to have Tim's website, which is fitness.com in the show notes. If you want to learn more about Tim and his programs, and then we'll do some research uh, on these supplements and have the links. So if you want to learn more about Sleep hygiene, and how you can address that. Um, we'll have those links in the show notes. Well, Tim, listen, really appreciate you joining us today. This was great.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Lonnie. Thanks so much, Marty. This was yes. awesome.
2: Thank you. I, I appreciate how approachable you are and how uh, sort of um, reasonable uh, you are in your expectations of people, and, and sort of you know just just talking about hey, just the small changes, you know, you they 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 add up. You know, so just start with the small changes, and I think that's, you know, again, we've talked about this before on this podcast, but that is really what it is about. Yeah, you know, there are no magic pills. <laughs> you know, you could take a supplement; <laughs> that's great, but it's it's all these little things that you can do that add up together if you can make those incremental improvements. So, so thank you for highlighting that today.
1: Yeah, totally. Thank you. This was a, a great opportunity. Uh, I'm glad that we're able to connect and do a nice chat.
0: Appreciate it, Tim. I and mean, we will have you again, uh, back again sometime. Uh, to all you listeners out there, that's Timlufitness.com. Check it out. Again, we'll have the links in the show notes. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe and like this episode. And check us out on YouTube if you want to watch how the conversation goes down, okay? All
1: right, everybody. Till next time, take care. Bye-bye.